Well, as you've been hearing on the news, another lower mainland community on edge. Three shootings in three days in Coquitlam. The first happening on Thursday around Johnson Street and Glen Drive. Friday saw a shooting around David Avenue and Mitchell Street. And Saturday, this one, the third shooting about 49 hours after the first, again, to the Westwood and Glen Drive area. Well, Doug Spencer is joining me on the line now, a former Vancouver Police Department officer. He now works with Odd Squad Productions and helps to educate youth when it comes to things like gangs and drugs. Doug, thank you so much for being with us today. You're more than welcome, Jill. What goes through your mind when you hear about three shootings happening in three days in Coquitlam? Yeah, obviously there's been something to ignite the fire between a couple gangs, and it could be something as little as staring at them wrong or some potential what they call loss of face amongst them uh, could be a, they ripped off when a drug grow or something. It, there's just so many things that can spark it off. And you got to understand these guys are constantly hunting one another, right? I, I've done surveillance on them. They drive around looking to kill somebody like you would go in the bush and look to find a deer. It, it's pretty pathetic. Do you think there's any connection to what we also saw? And it was a, it's a pretty uh, uh, shocking uh, incident where five inmates were taken to the Abbotsford Hospital last week after stabbings at different prisons and really kind of highlighting how weapons are getting into prisons and that kind of fighting. Do you think there is it too early to make a connection or could those things all be connected? They certainly could be, but yeah, the investigators will look into it and uh, they'll always figure out all the different players and their associates. Um, I must say the the correction officers, I I give talks to them about uh, who's on whose side and stuff so they can uh, basically make the prisons as safe as they can and keep these guys separate. But, uh, like, when I, I go there and walked around, uh, I just can't believe it because there's gangs in there sitting in the same kind of recreational area, and if they were on the street, they'd be at war. So there's kind of a, a the old-school guys go to jail, do good time, and get out early. These young guys are really uh, hot-headed, rash, and uh, it may be related, and it'll go back and forth for you know, as long as you can imagine. It, it seemed like or it wasn't something that I had remembered hearing about before that Correctional Services Canada actually asked for the Abbotsford Police Department to help them to attend the hospital because there were so many inmates from the prison that were being transported there. Uh, is that something that does seem to you out of the ordinary? Yeah, no, occasionally you'll get guys that have to go to get taken to the uh, hospital that are complete risk. You know, if you got a, a guy like Jamie Bacon and he got hurt inside and had to go to the hospital, there's guys looking to kill him. So, you know, they have to do that. The correction officers, how they keep those guys from killing one another every day is a, a credit to their ability because it's just unbelievable in there. You've, you've got a bunch of stone killers in a closed environment, which is unbelievable. And are we seeing as well things change in that I know there's been a lot of talk of drones being used to bring weapons into the prisons and to bring things in. Is that becoming more of a factor as well? Oh, yeah. It's a, you know, it starts in the U.S. and usually 
several years later it'll come up make its way up to canada and it's arrived right so they're using drones to drop off drugs and contraband and and shanks and all sorts of stuff and if you know i there's probably nothing in the criminal code that addresses that there you know the legal authorities are going to have to look into it but uh yeah, you could imagine trying to do an investigation into that. How do you crack down the person in control of the drone? And it's just a nightmare. And Doug, going back to, uh, again, the series of three shootings again in three days in Coquitlam. And like you said, something has flared up and this has prompted this this activity. How how does it stop then? Is, does it only stop when, when the targets are hit? Or, or what can people expect as far as this continuing? Yeah, no, you can expect it to continue until there's been some sort of retribution because in the gang world, you can't get pushed around and not pushed back in their mindset, right? So um, I know feuds that have gone on for 20, 30 years in the South Slope of Vancouver. A guy um, went to jail, Franz Chima, he went to jail in the States, and within a couple of months of getting up here, he was shot to death. Like, they don't forget, right? So, I mean, that's the thing that we try and drive into these young people's heads when we uh, educate them is that what you do today reflects on tomorrow. So, you know, down the road, you're, you're fine now, but down the road, they'll catch up with you, right? The the victim of the shooting on Saturday, an update was sent out a little bit earlier today, uh, not identifying who this person is, but saying the victim is a 21-year-old man from Coquitlam. And when you talk about the ages or kind of the gang members who have maybe served their time or back out uh, or, or whatnot, for someone to be 21, is that not still, I mean, 21 is a young age. Uh, is, that, is it considered a young age as far as if you're in uh, gang life? Uh, it's kind of middle-aged, really, because very few of them actually live into their 30s if, if they get involved in this stuff, right? Um, there's a young guy, I think, a with his dad, 12, 13-year-old guys in Surrey shot to death. Um, the, the ages seem to be getting younger, So, and it, there's more violence, right, where older guys may have some, some type of brain matter to realize it's going to get them in the crosshairs of the police. These young guys, they don't care. They're living out some movie they've seen on TV, right? And and the particular shooting as well in this one, again, that took place on Saturday, uh, talking or hearing from investigators saying, once again, this was a, a shooting that happened in a very busy area. Are you seeing less regard for, for safety of others, for safety of people who just happen to be in the area? Oh, yeah, they, there's no regard. They, they, they don't care who's there. Like I said previously, they're constantly hunting one another. And they don't necessarily know where to find them. But obviously, somebody has told them about this place in Coquitlam. It's a place where you can find them. So they, they'll send out guys that search that area. Just like uh, when Bacon got shot in front of the casino in Kelowna and Larry Amaro, somebody spotted them in the casino. Phone calls were made and a couple carloads of hitmen came up from the lower mainland. That's the way it works. The guys who were the targets then, do they, they must know that there's that possibility or that they're being hunted. Yeah, but 
they're you know they they don't think logically if, if someone's trying to kill you lie low get out of town do whatever right uh, years ago i told Gurmeet dak i had to do a duty to warn and tell him that there's guys up here to kill you and he says i know they've been here for two weeks i says well why are you still here and then you know months later he's gunned down at metro town they they just don't think it's going to happen to them Hmm. And again, with with so many shootings, well, three shootings in three days in Coquitlam, is that, I mean, I, I guess it's, it's, you don't, no, nobody knows for sure. It's, di- it's difficult to say for sure. But like you said, unless the target is taken out, unless this, this task is completed, uh, could residents of Coquitlam, I suppose other neighborhoods, other cities nearby as well, uh, be, uh, be on the, on edge or, or expecting that they are going to see more of this uh, type of activity? Oh, yeah, certainly until uh, retro- repercussions have been given out and stuff, um, it'll continue. And you don't know where it's going to happen. It could happen anywhere. So, like, the public's out there, the people that live in that area, Coquitlam, they start seeing carloads of young guys driving around they've never seen before, get the license plate, phone the police, be our eyes and ears, right? Because... It, it's a crapshoot to find them. You usually don't find them in progress doing stuff. You investigate and go get them after. But, you know, the the blood's already been spilled. And when you see this and you talk about this happening, like I said uh, right at the beginning, you are also your former officer, but you also do help educate youth about gangs, about this lifestyle, about, like you said, 21 is kind of middle-aged if you're involved in gang life. Is that working, do you think, or are people being deterred from going down that path? Yeah, you know, I've had dozens of young people reach out to me on social media and say, you know, you, you saved my life. You came to my school years ago and I was involved and you kind of woke me up. That's a win-win for us at Odd Squad, right? Or, and for society as a whole, they, you just don't know. So like you got to educate kids that they're basically the collateral damage of gangs. There, there's no uh, glory there's no money, it's misery. And if you live through your bad mistakes, it's a miracle. Well, Doug Spencer, we'll leave it there for today. But as always, thank you so much for coming on the show and for talking more about this. You're more than welcome, Jill.